0: Because how you understand the world, how you understand yourself, how you understand God, will then influence your attitude. And then it is your attitude that will be reflected in your actions. And your actions will be either disciplines that help you, good habits, or errors of judgment, bad habits. And then that will direct the trajectory
1: of your life. Directing the trajectory of our lives, maintaining discipline, and the human brain, and the can-do and joyous Christian. Hello, and welcome to the Transforming Lives Together podcast. Oftentimes we feel that we have no control over where our life is headed, as though somehow we are like a train that can only move along a given track. However, the way we react to different circumstances has a profound impact on the trajectory of our life. As we will discover in our study for this week, starting and living with good habits is important if we are to live with a can-do and joyous attitude. Before we turn it over to Father Ward, we want to say thank you for your time as you tune in each week. We pray you are blessed and encouraged by the content of this podcast Please don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date with the latest episodes. And if you have enjoyed what you're hearing from this podcast, please help us out by leaving a five-star rating and review. Your positive feedback will help us reach more people with this podcast. And now, here is Father Ward with the first part of the Can-Do and Joyous Christian.
0: Lord be with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for life. We thank you for joy. We thank you that we're loved by you and that that love has been fully expressed in the person of Jesus Christ and that we have embraced Jesus. I pray everybody watching uh, online has embraced Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's the most important thing in life is to walk in truth and love and grace all in Christ. And we know that it's through your Holy Spirit that we're born again, and it's your Holy Spirit that indwells us. And so we do pray that your Spirit would continue to not only fill us with your joy, but fill us with insight, that we might grasp what you have for us and how we can enter into all the blessings that we have in Jesus, especially as we study your Holy Word. We thank you and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to begin with a thought-provoking question and that is, can you determine your destiny and your future? Have you ever thought about that question? The truth is in many ways we can. We can determine our destiny. In fact, think of our eternal destiny. Right? The word the word the message goes out to repent. You, you're exposed to the things of God. You're exposed, hopefully. Not everybody's exposed fully. Uh, there's a, a degrees of judgment we know from the scriptures. But if we're exposed to Christ, we have an opportunity to, to choose Jesus. And if you choose Jesus, that will set a new trajectory for your life. But it goes even beyond that. It goes to everything we do each and every day will set the trajectory for our life. Every little thing. Now, this is borne out, or I should say, God highlights this in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. Look at what God says to Moses and the people of Israel. And what he says here, even though we're in a different context now, uh, some 3,400 years later, the principles still apply. Notice what God says. He says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. So there's a choice. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. So basically that's a cause and effect. That is say, that's basically saying if you do A, B will happen. And if you do A, that's a choice you have to make. If you do these things, you're going to be blessed. You're going to have protection. You're going to have success. Now, if you don't do these things, notice what he says. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, a blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice and by holding fast to him, For this is your life and the length of your days that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Now what's fascinating is this is a promise, and it's a promise to ensuing generations, and the promise is basically saying that if you get your life in order, then you're going to have a positive impact for your progeny. You're going to have a positive impact for family and friends and everybody you come in contact with. It's a win-win. Now, what's interesting is I was as I was preparing for this study, I came across a book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And he in this book has what's called the Slight Edge Philosophy. And it's 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 pretty neat because it basically just reflects biblical truth. The slight edge philosophy is this the chart here that you have, and for those of you who are, you can either look on the screen or look on the thing. So it basically says that we have choices. And uh, simple disciplines made consistently over time will result in success. Simple bad habits, errors of judgment over time will result in failure. And so the edge is very, very simple. All right, you're going and it's little things that don't seem to make a big difference each and every day. You can't see their impact unless you go farther out in your journey. And this slight edge, it's called slight because it's just little stuff, it's pertaining to everything in our life. Finances, health, business, personal development, our relationships. And it begins with our philosophy, our worldview. Because how you understand the world, how you understand yourself, how you understand God will then influence your attitude. And then it is your attitude that will be reflected in your actions. And your actions will be either disciplines that help you, good habits, or errors of judgment, bad habits. And then that will direct the trajectory of your life. The good news is that if you're on the downside, you can reverse that trend. The bad news is really only 5% of people end up doing what they need to do. So it's kind of like in the most simplest term, the difference between eating a chocolate bar and eating an apple. To unwrap the chocolate bar and take a bite of it is very easy. Same thing to take a piece of fruit and just bite into it and eat it. You can't tell one way or the other. The impact it's going to have if you just do it once. But you do that over a course of time, and it will have an impact on your body. Now that's in the simplest terms. So if you are not thinking about God or God's Word, if you're not spending time with the Lord, chances are your spiritual life is in shambles. But if you're spending a little time each and every day with the Lord, chances are you've got a strong spiritual foundation. How about with your intellect, education, same thing. The good student is the student who studies a little bit each and every day, who keeps up with things. The poor student is one who doesn't care about studying. How about your finances? If you don't know what's coming in or going out, chances are you're in debt. But if you have a budget and you're taking care of your finances each and every day, chances are you're doing well, you're saving. Your relationships. If you can't remember the last time you said, I love you. If you can't remember the last time you spent some good quality time with your loved one or your friends, chances are those relationships have become shallow. And so just take it across the board. Now, some people are exceptional in one of these areas, maybe. You know, they just, if you got a high metabolism, you don't have to worry about what you eat, right? Yeah, think about eating, right? If, you don't, if you're not concerned about how much you eat or what you eat, chances are you're going to be maybe overweight, maybe flabby. And so you can see this principle, and it's divine. It is the same way when it comes to joy, experiencing joy. The only way you're going to experience joy in life, the only way you're going to experience peace in life, is developing daily habits that maximize those qualities in your life. Now, the Bible calls this walking by the Spirit in its most general sense. But there are things that we need to do if we're going to walk by the Spirit. There are things that we need to do if we're going to follow jesus daily as he commands us and so the best way is to evaluate your life and looking at what are the good habits what are the bad habits if you don't think about these things again chances are your life's in disarray it's disorganized god wants to bring order out of the chaos that's what we're told that he did when he said let there be light and when he created out of matter god wants to bring order out uh, out of the chaos of our own lives but it has to be on his terms, and he's not calling us to do something big and grandiose. He's calling us to take those little baby steps consistently. And so that's like the person who wins the lotto, for example. You know how many people have won the lotto? Right? Millions of dollars, and then they're in debt. Why? Because something big happens, and they, don't, they forget about all the little things that are necessary. So maybe they quit their job. Maybe they're not con- uh, following their, where their expenses are. Or you think of the big ball players, they can't handle. All that that's been given to them all of a sudden because they haven't taken care of the little stuff. And so the slight edge philosophy is actually pretty basic, pretty profound. The guy's, you know, has a best-selling book as a result of it, but it uh, makes perfect sense. And so the truth is our future is predictable. You can determine your destiny And it's all by these simple little things. And that's why so many people, though, again, end up going off the cliff because they're failing to do the little things in life that make all the difference. What's uncomfortable in the here and now often leads to better things later on. You think about disciplined eating, you think about discipline in terms of your uh, body, you think of spiritual discipline. It's not easy to get up in the morning and spend time with the Lord, but that's how you're going to grow. And and the Bible talks about the pleasures of the temporary pleasures of sin. The temptation is always to take the easy road. The temptation is to take things that are pleasurable. And we'll learn from brain science that pleasure is in the base of our brain. That's a reptile part of our brain. If you want to be, you know, uh, uh, science would joke about that, right? Because pleasure is just the here and now. That's not joy. Joy is developed through hardship and understanding who you are and who you're related to. Okay, so where do we start? I mean, to evaluate your present, you need to do that. I'm on page uh, three, by the way. And design your future. If we're going to determine our destiny and, and maximize it, it's making sure we know God's vision and his kingdom principles, which are reflected in Jesus Christ and his ministry. So... What do we hear in John chapter 15, verses 7 through 11? Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So there's cause and effect. The cause is if you're abiding in Jesus. Abiding means remaining. That's consistent over time. And it's his word. So we got to be consistently being filled with his word mentally, spiritually. And then what will happen? Ask whatever you wish. In other words, we'll be more in tune with uh, Jesus as well. Something I left out, this is very important. When we determine our future, you cannot determine certain events that are going to happen to you in your life. They are already predetermined. Right? That's why Jesus says, don't worry about your life. In other words, the day that is appointed for you to die is already predetermined. You can't do anything about that. That's why we pray for healing for our loved ones, but it may not come the way we want it. It's just predetermined. But what you can do is how do you respond to what happens to you? That's what's most important. Not what happens to you, but how do you respond to what happens to you? And are you preparing daily for the things that could possibly hit you, both good and bad? So following God... Being successful in this life is all about our response as well as our preparation. Our response and our preparation flows out of our relationship with Jesus because Jesus was always talking about being prepared and he was always talking about responding in love and in faith as we move forward in life. And so this is borne out again when he says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. The fruit, as many of you know, is the fruit of good works, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and the fruit of bringing people into the kingdom of God. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love, if you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. So do you see again, cause and effect. The cause for joy in our lives is from abiding in Jesus and obeying Jesus and moving in the power of the Spirit of Jesus. That's how we'll have joy. Joy is an emotion. We can't just be joyful, but we can do things that will create joy in our lives. Do you see? So when Paul, and we'll find this in Philippians, where he says many a times, rejoice in the Lord, when we rejoice in the Lord, and we'll talk about what that means, that then will produce joy in our hearts and in our lives. So joy is an emotion. And so you can't just create an emotion out of nothing. But you can do things, little things, each and every day that will nurture that joy, expand that joy. And that's why we talked about in brain science that the joy center of the brain, which is behind the right eye, can be expanded. The capacity to return to joy and to experience joy can actually grow. So next slide, Jimmy. Another verse that Jesus gives us. And he was saying to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So see that denial of self? Did you know that? The denial of self actually leads to joy in life. I know it's, con- it's counterintuitive because we think pleasure is really where it's at. Taking the easy road, taking the nice road, what feels good road first. No, it's not how it works. It's so counter right? next one and then galatians but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness, and self-control against such things there is no love all right love. so now i talked about this in our study in the uh, uh in the um uh, spring that the fruit the number one fruit is love it's our loving relationship with god in christ that produces everything else so when we talk about joy, we're going to see that joy always flows most fully out of loving relationship with God and loving relationships with other peoples, people. So that's why Satan and the flesh and the world seek to isolate us from other people, from God. If you're isolated from God, if you're isolated from other people, people that's unhealthy it is unnatural it is unspiritual and it will lead eventually to death emotionally now notice what it says in verse 24 sometimes we forget to uh mention the next two verses now those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires so we have to do something with our passions and desires crucified means to kill them that's a choice Now, listen, you can't do it on your own. You need the Holy Spirit to enable you to do that. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Now, why did Paul say that? Because we live by the Spirit. We're born again. We've got the Lord living in us. That's awesome, right? But we have to walk each and every day. It's an ongoing uh, relationship. We have to be doing certain things each and every day, and it links back to the walking, links back to the abiding. Two different metaphors saying the same thing. In different ways, I should say. I mean, they're saying the same general thing. The one is our relationship with Jesus and abide with that. The other is through the Spirit and doing things that enable us to be filled with the Spirit. And we'll talk about how you do that um, as we go forward, as we look at Philippians, and also as we look at the brain. Uh, the next uh, slide, uh, Jimmy. So what we're really talking about, okay, there's the brain. Next one. Okay, so this is the amazing thing, that our soul, the human spirit, is expressed through the brain, and what's interesting is the brain is uh, involves the entire body. We don't we think it's just in the in the head. It isn't. The brain is connected to everything in the body, so everything we feel affects the brain, all the way to the tips of your toe. Because we call that the nervous system, and so everything's linked to it. And it's the soul and our spirit that's expressed through the brain. I mean, it's, it's wild when you think about it not only on how all the organs are made and how they all are interrelated and they work together, but how the brain can express invisible realities. So everything that I'm expressing to you is being expressed through this blob of matter in my head that's connected to everything else, and yet I'm able to verbalize, communicate, and I can enter into relationship with you, almost like a Wi-Fi connection. We'll talk about that in the third level with the sinking. That when you get in tune with someone else, you can see eye to eye. You can relate to them. You have that rapport. Where's that coming from? It's coming from the spirit that's going through the brain. Okay, next one. So uh, when we talk, to about joy and we talk about dealing with life, we're talking about our emotional capacity, our emotional cue, our emotional IQ, not our IQ, but our EQ. Uh, and a lot of people, that's what we struggle with, Right is how do we, because we have triggers, we blow up, we we act really foolishly when our emotions get the best of us. We go into depression. You know, it's a tough thing. Emotions are very tough, right? And if you can kind of get a handle on your emotions, man, you got a lot of control. Uh, It doesn't happen though easily. So uh, emotional capacity is related to how much weight stress you can handle. Next one, we we talked about this last spring. Uh, And so we have two different bridges, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge can handle a lot more. Uh, because it's designed that way it was built that way then a little bridge that just has a horse and buggy or one car all of us have capacity but uh, we can grow that capacity our capacity is limited but the good news is god's capacity is unlimited the spirit's capacity is unlimited and so when we reach our limited capacity we if you know where to go to go to the lord that'll help next uh, slide so your brain your brain is divided into light right and left hemispheres they're actually parallel, they equal, but yet they're different. On the right side, we deal with people, our relationships, our surroundings. On the left side, we deal with problem solving, trying to figure things out, analyzing things. Our left side is our verbal side. Our right side is our relational side. The right side moves a lot quicker. It goes faster than subconscious. Everything just happens. When you see something, all this stuff has to happen, and it goes through four levels, believe it or not. And then it gets to the left side. And the left side tries to explain what's already happened. And this is going faster than you could even milliseconds. It's amazing how it does. And so I'm going to just briefly, just a few minutes, and because you can go to the previous studies, but uh, um, let's go to the next one. Hopefully this looks okay online too. But, uh, so, uh, well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Rare maturity. What's rare maturity? The challenge, if we're going to be emotionally mature, is to remain relational when we're under duress and stress to be able to act like ourselves, And what I mean by act like yourself is like when you normally, when everything's going well, to be able to return to that. Uh, R would be, then the third thing would be to return, be able to return to joy, and then finally to endure hardship. If you do the first three, you're able to endure hardship, you know. And some people are able to endure hardship better than others. And there are a lot of factors in that, but what we want to do is we want to grow that emotional maturity. Okay, next, Jimmy. And spiritual maturity will always uh, result in uh, emotional maturity. Okay, four levels of your uh, brain's right side. Um, let's keep, yeah, the thalamus, the attachment center. Okay, before we go, uh, I'm going to break these down real quick. So, the base of your brain is the attachment center. That's where attachments are formed. You're born with it. It's developed through your relationship with your mother and your parents, and that's where uh, joy bonds are found, uh, formed. Very important, the attachment. Now. Where your brain will get stuck at the attachment center is if you've received, if you have a terrible trauma where you almost go into emotional shock. So, if you lose a loved one, right, you're going to get stuck at attachment. How do you minister to someone who gets stuck at level one? You just be there for them, your presence. So, you see, we can get stuck at each of these levels. You don't want to get stuck at any of the levels, right? You want to go all the way through the four. And the way the brain operates, it always goes through the four like an elevator one, two, three, four. And then, and then your left side is able to process it and accurately process what's going on but if you get stuck at any of these levels not going to be able to process it fully so the attachment is where the attachments form, and we all crave attachment. We all crave bonding. And if we're lacking, on, lacking that, we will try to find substitutes. That's where addictions come in. Involved. That's where substance abuse comes in involved. That's where experiential, going for the experiences, ESP, right? Experiences, substances, and people, unhealthy people relationships. Either you're being manipulated and abused, or you're manipulating others, Right? That's what happens. And so if we have poor attachments young, that can affect us the rest of the life. Now, where we're going to get our full sense of attachment is an intimate relationship with God. That's where we get the healing. That's where we get the fullness. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to get attachments with other people. That's where the church comes involve, involved. Because sometimes we don't have good families. Sometimes we don't have good people around us. But hopefully we can get plugged into a church where there are good people. And let me just tell you as a warning. Now, this is a a fact, folks, right? In some churches, we got some real dysfunctional people. Not in this church. We're all pretty good. Um, But the fact of the matter is, (laughs) church is a big family. (laughs) And uh, the challenge in any family is to try to keep the family together and also to deal with the people who are a little more obstinate and a little more troublesome. But the key is that even if you run into troublesome people, dysfunctional people, find people who are going to build you up and try to impart and build people up yourself, right? We're here to edify one another, to comfort one another, to build one another up. And that's why the church is so important. That's why God designed the church, to be a family outside the family, to be a family of families.
1: Listening to the Transforming Lives Together podcast, a ministry of St. Bartholomew's Anglican Church in Tonawanda, New York. To learn more about our church, please visit stbartston.org. Again, that's stbartston.org. You can also connect with St. Bartholomew's on Facebook and Instagram through the handle at St. Bart's Anglican Church. And you can connect with this podcast on Facebook through at Transforming Lives Together cast. We hope you will tune in next time as we continue our series, The Can-Do and Joyous Christian. Until then, we leave you with this verse from Paul's epistle to the Romans. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope By the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless.